You are listening to The Mallory Report, a live radio show that ventures into the mysteries of life, as well as the hot topics of the day, either political or business. I want to welcome everybody to the program. I hope everybody's having a good evening or morning or afternoon, whenever you're listening. I don't It doesn't really matter. My guest tonight is Sean Graham of um, Chasing the Truth. His lovely, I don't want to say lovely little show. It's its doing fine. I don't want to sound disparaging, but <laughs> Sean, help me out here. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. Uh, you're the only show I've been on today, so I guess I, I'm doing great. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I'm doing great. I'm not sure. Um, well, let's talk about, give me the, you know what I'm going to ask you here. Give me the promo for Chasing Truth because I don't want to forget well, chasing, well, chasing the truth. Uh, you remember Dark Waters? He's been on your show a time yep. or two, and uh, we got hooked up about uh, four years ago. Vis a vis, you know, I used to uh, do some. Uh, I guess you would call chilling for you, and uh, you know, kind of promote your your stuff over on Twitter. And then he got wind of, hey, he can tell a story. Next thing I know, three times, yeah, I refused to do a podcast with him for uh, twice. And the third time he said, hey, it's time to do a podcast. Well, when are we going to do it? And then uh, something inside of me said, hey, you know, there's nothing stopping you. You got all this stuff? Go for it. And uh, I think uh, we're at the, uh, we're working on the fourth year of me doing this. I think we, you and I have known each other for what, uh, a little over five years or right at five years. Yeah. As I say, like if, if you've been doing your own show for four years, it's at least five, maybe six years. where did time go? God. Mm, I don't know. Uh, time, time for me is it, it speeds by. It's, uh, it's an, uh, amazing. I've had so many arguments over, well, Sean, why did you allow this to go by? I was like, well, heck, that was just a second to me. To go. <laughs> Since my near death experience, it's like, uh, uh, one second is like one hour is like one day is like a week, a month. Boom, it's gone. It's like, it's like trying to hold sand in, you know, hourglass sand in your hand and it slips through your fingers. And I always joke about, uh, I'll be 90 before I know it. And here <laughs> uh, I am, 51. I'm halfway there. <laughs> wait, 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 let's clean, let's clean this up. So, Chasing Truth, I am darkwaters.com. Saturday is, uh, Saturdays at uh, 7 to 9 p.m. Central. I've got my own show on Wednesdays over on Chasing the Truth, Sean G., and also on the Dark Waters Paranormal Radio app on both of them. Uh, Saturday nights, I'm also carried by the Fringe.fm and all the parts and places that uh, particular um, venue goes. And you obviously are still, still enjoying it because you're still more. doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've uh, I've started doing more shows during the week. So so far, I've done uh, counting Saturday three shows since Saturday for me personally. So the people that said, "Hey, well, you're going to have to do more shows," well, they're getting them now. <laughs> and I've got a, a open lines, open uh, uh, format that they can call in, and it, it's amazing to me that uh, if I open up the lines, holy cow, they call in, and it's not uh, you know. It, Every once in a while, I'll get a prank caller, but uh, it's uh, impressive how many people's got so much on their minds that they have to share. Yeah, there you go. It's always good to hear from yeah. people too. And Sean, you did apparently learn the lesson. Just it, those people that want more, you just tell them to tune in the next week. You don't have to do more shows. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got a whole lot of time on my hands, so I, I've got to do something with it. Either you know. I don't want to burn the place down doing some sort of uh, electrical experiment, which uh, I, I was tempted to do that uh, earlier before I got on here, so I rearranged <laughs> some uh, particular electronics in my place. But uh, yeah, me and electricity doesn't come uh, mix well. I'll, say, I'll create a spark or a fire. I was going to say, let's not be causing property damage. Let's uh, find a better solution for that. So I guess if that means doing more shows, we'll... We'll settle for that. So, um, no, yeah. So, how are you doing? First and foremost, I mean, well, I'm doing great. Can't complain. Uh, you know, as every everybody knows, we're uh, we have our lows and our highs, and I'm just right there in between. 
and I will, <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather keep be on a high note than versus a low note, so I'm right in between that. Well, that's, so that's about all I can say about that. That's that's fair. I agree with that. It's better to be better to be high, but it's you know if you go too high, you get those lows to come with it. But so we were talking a little bit before the show, so everybody understands because this question may seem like we're jumping into a conversation. Of course, we are because we just had a conversation. But I want to catch people up. I'm I'm fascinated by this dogman trend. So it seems like he's building rapidly in the paranormal lexicon. Take take me back mm-hmm. to kind of what you know and when it started and all this other stuff because it kind of I don't want to say blindsided me because I it's been on my radar for a while but how big it has gotten has is definitely blindsided me. Well, from my perspective, I didn't know a damn thing about. I didn't mean to say damn, but I said damn anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't know anything about Dogman until about uh, late 2016. And that's uh, because of uh, my association with Dark Waters and all of his brand entails, which he's come on here and told his Dogman stories and whatnot. Uh, apparently this has been a phenomenon for a long while and i keep uh, just being associated with you know, dark waters i keep getting calls and um how could i say that calls and reports about dogman and i've been running a uh associated with a, a project called dogmancans.com which has been around for a little over a year now and uh it's interesting to see what uh, these can these cameras are put out uh, this Dogman Cam project, which uh, is spurred on by the need to see these things, have evidence for these things. Dogman, to circle back to, you know, tell you about what Dogman is, how I learned about it. 2016 was my initiation into it, and ever since then, it's like they won't let me won't let me talk about it, and talk about just about anything else, but I do. Um, Dogman uh, is... Uh, Two parts. Uh, one is it a experiment by the ABC companies of the world? Is it a genetic uh, experiment? Which you can go back to late last year or early this year. Early this year, Senate uh, uh, knocked down a law to uh, forego or make it illegal to do chimeras, meaning mix human embryos with other DNA specimens of any other animal group. They knocked that down. So that that opened up the door for well, is Dogman actually a, a human experiment that went wrong and they mixed DNA with whatever? Well, the Senate says, yeah, it's legal. It is. It was legal before, and it's legal now because they knocked down law to that lot. The other thing is, is it uh, uh, indigenous uh, Indian uh, folklore about uh, shamans and? Uh, other witches that are have the ability to either curse you to change you into something like a werewolf or a dogman. Uh, I've had a couple, three people in the last little bit that says that's absolutely true. And uh, actually, I've, I've heard that for a while. That uh, you know, there's a a component that there's a supernatural being out there that can either you know either it's demonic entity that inhabits flesh or it's just a demonic entity altogether that changes into something to scare the living yoo-hoo out of you. Uh, then it's a natural progression. You know, it evolved and it uh, is so smart, so cunning, so you know, has such a power to stay out of the way of uh, other human beings, other than you know the, uh, I guess the lotto chance of uh, running into one of these things out in the wild. And as we are, you know, the population, I don't know if the population is still growing in the United States or not, we're encroaching upon, you know, vast wildernesses that have never been built or occupied by human beings before. So are we flushing these things out and they're um, making our presence known to us? Hey, Brian, what's going on? Germantown runner. But uh, to, back, to go back to the uh, dogman thing, you know, it's like, well, uh, two of those uh, forks, where it's flesh and blood, and two of them where, you know, it could be purely demonic entity manifesting in front of you, or it's actually somebody that's possessed or being possessed by something that causes them to look like a dog man. So that's, that's where I got it from. That's what I've 
of uh, the premise I've been working on. Have I seen one? No. Do I want to see one? No, I do not. I don't want to have any of this cryptid stuff I've talked about be in front of me. I've had uh, a lot of people uh, say, hey, we'll take you down here and you can see this. I was like, no, you're not. You, you forgot. I'm in a wheelchair. The, the slowest is the one that uh, winds up uh, being the one that gets caught if they're done, you know if something was chasing you that's you know, hunting you down. The slowest one's the the first one. You're the red shirt in the bunch. Nope, I'm not going to do that. So there you go. Long story short, short, ten minutes in, and that's the that's what I know about Dogman. So forgive the idiot question of the night. Okay, because. I have to ask it. What's the difference between Dogman and Bigfoot? I mean, obviously, I'm guessing you're going to tell me it walks on all fours and all two or two legs, but there has to be something else that I'm missing here. Uh, it's all about the reports. You know, uh, Bigfoot it looks like a mammal, looks like a human, uh, you know, a big ape with a man's face, more or less. Dogman uh, depends on the reports; can be bigger than. Uh, uh, Bigfoot or be smaller. You know, there's varying sizes on both both sides of the of the uh, reports. But uh, Dogman has a dog face or a fox face or something like that. Bigfoot has you know either a baboon face to actual outright human looking face. And uh, the Dogman apparently has more of a temperament, uh, a violent temperament toward humans versus Bigfoot. So there you go. So you, you do a number of live calls, and you, you take bunches of these stories. So mm-hmm. um, we were talking, like I said, so Dogman, Bigfoot, what's number three? What comes in story-wise at number three? What comes in with Bigfoot and Dogman? No, because uh, uh, you hear a lot of stories about Bigfoot and Dogman. What's the next What's the next topic that are people calling about? What's the next cryptid that people keep calling you about? Uh, let's see. There has been a couple reports of frogmen, like a three to five foot tall walking on two leg frogmen. I've had a couple, three or four reports of that. Uh, there's one guy by the name of Connor Flynn. He goes by Bigfoot Anonymous that has a good report and had a trucker that calls in on my show uh, almost bi-weekly or weekly. depends on, you know, if he's out and about and hears a lot of reports. He's talked about it. Frogmen. Walk at night says Frogman. Germantown wonder knows what wants to know what about ghosties. I'll talk about that in a little bit. But, yeah, we'll uh, get there. Uh, well, we, yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, we got to we got to circle around here. I got one more cryptid question, and then we can get in the ghosts and okay. we'll get into all this other fun stuff. Um, you, we were talking about this owl, and uh, of course, being the duck, I get concerned because you just told me about a frogman, dogman, this big owl. It's it's only a matter mm-hmm. of time before somebody sees a duckman. Just for the record, but, uh, Doug man. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, I, honestly, I have not seen other than you, sir. I have not seen a, doc, a duck man. But wait, let's talk about the owl for a minute. There, there's there's sightings of All these right. big owls, right? I'm not making that up. No, uh, it popped up on my radar about oh, I'd say about four or five months ago. I've heard you know varying reports about it from Lon Strickler. He actually was going to call that Mothman in Chicago owl man. Before Owlman or uh, Mothman, actually the moniker took over, and he said, "Okay, Mothman." Uh, but uh, since then, I've had several, several reports over the last three or four months about Owlman, uh, from varying degrees. Of, again, from uh, you know, truckers calling in. I saw this owl that had a uh, uh, five foot, six foot body length, not not the wingspan, body length. And then uh, had a guy that was a, a part of the Shawnee tribe, and he disassociated himself up with it, and he grew up in the Shawnee tribe. And one of his uh, his dad was being groomed to be a shaman, but a dark shaman, a you know, black magic shaman, and his dad refused that. But apparently his uncle picked that up and got trained as a black dark shaman, and uh, wound up, he could change uh, shapeshift into owls and dogmen. Actually, there was a, a report during that particular interview I did with this guy that his uncle got mad at his dad for some sort of uh, um, investment with cattle that fell through. And he got his uncle got so mad that his face actually turned into a, a dog. 
But uh, back to Owlman, these uh, shaman around the area in that tribal region didn't have to be uh, with Shawnee. There was like three or four other tribes in there, and they, uh, the shaman stuck together. You know, they kind of uh, bridged the gap of which tri- tribal uh, association he had. Dark magic uh, picked with dark magic. But uh, his dad would go out when he was a kid and shoot out these owls that would propagate and, uh, uh, you know, hoot and cry and carry on outside of his property line. He'd shoot at him, and he said uh, he saw his dad shoot an owl with a gun. The owl fell down and then, you know, flew off. He said the gun should have shot a hole through him. But this guy, you know, said that this owl, you know, hit the ground, got up, and then flew off. A few days later, there was this uh, local tribe's member that was renowned as a shaman, wound up in the ER with a, a belly wound, gunshot wound. And he, he equates that to that was the owl. He changed, shapeshifted into an owl outside his uh, uh, premises, or outside of his house in a tree. And I don't know why, other than they were just saying, hey, I want to... <laughs> Brian Bowden. Wow. Yeah, I saw that earlier today. But, uh, yeah, Owlman is, uh, by, by and large, you know, what I've been hearing here lately outside of what Dogman is. You can pop in Dogman, and you'll see a ton of Dogman in the you know, search bar, and you're like, oh, wow. Owlman is kind of getting up there, you know, from my perspective. But, uh, yeah, that's that's the story I'm going to give you. And the noted Germantown runner has a good question here for you that kind of pops up right at the right time, right moment, um, asking about the wood booger. Wood booger? Well, uh, the last uh, fair good sighting that's close to me is over next to Whitesburg, Kentucky, and that's about maybe 75 miles west of me, give or take, as the owl flies. <laughs> But uh, there's this gentleman uh, that uh, he had uh, or still has a big piece of land over there in the Kentucky mountains over there, in Appalachian Mountains. And he used to go on his land and do some research. Well, I saw on a live stream, not a live stream, well, he's done several live streams, but he posted a video of him going out there on his property and hunting for these Bigfoot. And he wound up getting hit square in the back by a rock while he's hunting for these Bigfoot on his land. And he's I actually saw a video, or re-saw a video, re-seen a video, earlier today where he's in his backyard and you can hear these ungodly, deep, roaring screams in his backyard up in the mountains from his place. So that that would be the most credible place that I've heard here lately of Bigfoot. Now, Dogman... There was a report 15 miles away from me on Highway 58 uh, outside of a place called Pound, Virginia. And um, that, uh, I didn't find out about that until I talked to Denver uh, Michaels. He's an author and a cryptid researcher, and I read his book and had him on my show. And uh, he talked about that in his book, and I was like, wow, that's right there next to me. You know, I've heard of Bigfoot all my life. Boogers, wood boogers, but uh, we don't call them wood boogers here. They didn't start using wood boogers until Bigfoot, uh, that Bigfoot research from uh, Money, whatever his name is, Money Hunter, Money. Chris Moneymaker. His name is Chris Moneymaker. Moneymaker, yeah, that's it. <laughs> until his group came down here and did their little story down there, then uh, you know, wood booger took uh, took cold, but. Air, uh, since I've been up as a little boy, I heard my grandmother say, get in here before the booger gets you. And I never really knew what she was talking about other than I didn't want to meet one until my late teens. And I figured out what booger meant. It was a Bigfoot. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's the two most credible uh, cryptid sightings I have heard outside of Hellier, Kentucky, which is only about 30 or 40 mi- miles from me. There's a two-part series over on uh, Amazon Prime about Hellier, Kentucky, and it's a, it gets into the mystical stuff too much for me. But uh, there's all kinds of craziness going over there as real, well. Real-time correction from Brian Bowden, that's Matt Moneymaker. Chris Moneymaker is the mm-hmm. guy that played in the World Series of Poker. So, 
Oh, Matt Moneymaker. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. They're trying to make money either way. So uh, yeah. I was going to say, I wasn't that far Both off. I had a, I had the right, I had the right, I mean, what a good last name that'd be. I guess you'd have to, is that, is that too much pressure? Moneymaker to be your last name? Uh, well, uh, probably a harbinger of, or, or some sort of sign saying, Hey, I'm out to make money. So he's definitely trying to do that. I can't ask a different question before that one. Let's start with this one. What is the strangest cryptid that you've heard of? Mm, in the last six months, probably this thing called Glimmer Man. Uh, it's like a dark entity, sort of um, like a big pile of uh, glue, uh, uh, oil that you can see through it. Kind of, it's like a to the liking of a shadow person's shadow creature, but it's glossy and you can see through it. But it looks like a big pile of um, organic liquefied whatever i've heard a couple of stories of that uh i'm on the fence whether or not I, I can believe it but i've heard a bunch of people tell me about it yeah i was gonna say i don't, I don't, I don't know if i could, i mean anything's possible so i can't roll it out but i just I have, I have a hard time seeing it so i guess i have a hard it's time like seeing flat something. earth <laughs> it's like flat earthers they, 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 <laughs> have a they, hard time seeing it they they have they have fans <laughs> all around the world just come down <laughs> oh yeah, uh, that's true. I, I my mind is open to the uh, flat Earth theory, but I have not got that nugget of whatever I need to say. Yeah, this is a flat Earth. I haven't got that yet. Yeah, I was gonna but, say. You know, my mind's still open. Now you mentioned this earlier that you wouldn't go see a cryptid, uh, anything. But but let's back up for a second though. But if I can guarantee your safety, almost like at a zoo, per se, right? You follow me here, and you could see mm-hmm. one. Which one would it be? If I could see one? Yeah. Hmm. I'm probably an elf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, that, that doesn't sound too bad, but uh, uh, probably elf or something like that. Something small and not very imposing. But I told you we're at a zoo. Come on now. You can see anything. And you're going, well, elf. I, I know. Uh, well, if I could see anything, yeah, that'd probably be it. Just to say, yeah, I've seen an elf. But uh, no, I, uh, Bigfoot, no, I don't want to see a Bigfoot. I've heard too many people that I absolutely trust and their descriptions to me is like, no, I don't want to see those. Uh, Dogman, I've heard descriptions of them. I don't want to be between them and a, a row of bars that uh, they could easily bend on both ends. There, I don't see how you could uh, justify safety on that, but that's just me. Okay, so this is the traditional paranormal question. You've been around long enough to know that I, I love to ask this. Okay, so all these these creatures you're talking about have this bad negative connotation, right? Where mm-hmm. are, where are the good creatures? Where are the good creatures? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Actually, uh, the. It depends on who you talk to and uh, what their mood is at the same time. Uh, fairies uh, have a good and bad. Uh, Bigfoot have good and bad uh, association with them. Uh, Dogman, I have not heard but one or two stories that uh, that uh, even say that they're you know tameable to a certain degree, and they you know they just have a disposition that they would rip through you before anything else. So, I, other than that, uh, everything except for a dogman, I think. Well, you mentioned elves and you said fairies, so my mind's going, okay, but we've got creatures that are under a couple feet tall, right? Yeah. Both of them. Get any, any, by any measure, we're talking small creatures. And Bigfoot and Dogman are of proportionate size. We need a big, we need a good mm-hmm. big creature. So. Maybe that's maybe that's what Duckman is. Good big, maybe that's what Duckman is. Uh, the I guess the closest thing you're going to be able to get to that would be a good big creature would probably be uh, some uh, Bigfoot that is 
over in this general area, not over on the West Coast, because apparently their disposition is similar to what Dogman is. They don't give a shit about. Oh, excuse my language. <laughs> don't give a crap about. It. <laughs> <laughs> that seems so anti-West Coast, though, right? Because they're supposed to be laid back and chill. Uh, I don't know about that. You need to go back and look at your your West Coast news. You you, you just don't want to go shopping over there right now, I don't think. But there you go. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think I want to go shopping anytime, anywhere, anyplace. But, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it is the season for that. True enough, true enough. Okay. But, uh, you know, the... The biggest thing that I could think of that would be halfway, you could probably find something good about them. I've heard a bunch of people that have encountered Bigfoot and had good, uh, authentic uh, re- interactions with them in the last uh, six, seven months. Uh, they do a lot of mind speak to you, and, and you know they're fearful of us, and they want to stay away from us, but they're attracted to a few of us that uh, have that degree of uh, the ability to mind speak to them. And they want to interact with them for whatever reason. And uh, depending on, you know, there's a a whole different shift in the paradigm that I have uh, encountered in the last you know, year that these, you know, these Bigfoot have their own culture, you know, similar to like a uh, what we would consider back in the old days of uh, Indians running around in a tribal mentality. Uh, to that particular point, they don't, you know, it's like a uh, take, um, let's see, the Mennonites or the, uh, those type of, uh, people, those, that culture that uh, does not want to have anything to do with electronics, make them into eight to 10 foot tall creatures with, uh, big hairy arms and, uh, pits and stuff like that. And, and put that same disposition with them. They don't want to have anything with us. They just want to, you know, be around their own. That would probably be the best uh, thing I would say that would be the closest thing to a good cryptid I could come up with. Okay, so let's pause for a second here and think about this. <laughs> I'm struggling. <laughs> so I'm going to go to Germantown Runners. Struggling. I'm struggling, so I'm going to go to Germantown Runners question. Um, okay, right. so Germ- Germany's scary Krumpus, who is said to be alive in the Alps. He gets popular this time of year. What do you think? Mm, I have not personally, other than outside of the pop culture reference, I've not heard of any stories about Krampus. So uh, if you know Germantown Runners has heard about the, this German entity that's called Krampus and heard real, you know, in the last few years, I have, honestly, that's one, if you call him a cryptid, I have not heard one word other than a pop culture reference that I could come up with. So Cat Ward wants to know where you can find information about Glitter Man, because I can't assume that'd be a good Google search. <laughs> Glimmer. G-L-I-M-M-E-R, man. Oh. Not Glitter. No, Glitter would probably... Glimmer. Glitter, do not. Do, do not. Do not yeah, search don't, Glitter Man. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't do a Glitter <laughs> oh, Man. You, you'll... you'll You'll probably get into deep, dark recesses of a hole that uh, you'll be like, oh, why does Google think I like that? Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> that'll definitely change your ads for a while. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> or maybe maybe you should. Uh, Anyways. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't, think, I don't think I've researched Glitter Man. I don't, in, in, I don't even pretend that I want to do that. Yeah, I was going to say. Okay, so let's shift gears seamlessly at this point. Ready for this? Let's okay. get, let's take me take me back because I know you had a traumatic event and a near death experience and all that stuff. I don't know how far you want to get into any of that, but I'm just going to open the door to you and let you go on that. Oh, the near death experience. Yeah. Well, six years ago, on the uh, the 17th of this month. I wound up in the ER after a car accident that was my fault. Without a doubt, it was my fault. Luckily, I was the one that got the, the broad side of that uh, sword, and uh, I lost my left leg. Uh, fast forward uh, 10 days in a coma, and uh, doctors telling my family that uh, they don't have any hope for him living past you know three or four days into you know, me being in a coma and going through two complete amputations of below the knee and above the knee. 
I wound up uh, being in the ER on a stretcher, and uh, a doctor colleague of mine that I'd known for a good eight or nine years said, Sean, you've got a 30 to 40% chance of surviving the surgery alone, not to, you know, not being able to survive afterwards I and mean, just surviving the surgery. You know, at that time, my leg looked like it was Freddy Krueger had gotten a hold of it and then some. And at that point, I got faced with the instant reality that, hey, Sean, this is it. This is, you know, this is the point where everybody dreads uh, in their life. I'm going to die. And I got got that point. And I said, well, okay, God, I, you know, I did the whole thing. My brother was there. My sister was there. And I said my peace to them and asked for forgiveness and then did the sinner's prayer and asked for forgiveness from God. And uh, the doctor said, hey, I pushed a lot of drugs on you. Uh, you're going to feel real sleepy, and then we'll take you back to the, uh, do the OR thing with you. And um, next thing I know after all that, I slipped off into darkness, and I stayed there for, oh, eternity, I guess. And then again, it was just a second. I would wake up and, I guess, in the darkness and see what I thought were uh, uh, one eye, but it was not anything. This is kind of a strange, I may, I'm, I don't know, should I? Do, yeah, why not? This, yeah. I only got a, about 30 more minutes. Let's go down this strange, let's go down this strange, the strange track of this uh, thing. So, I, you know, uh, screaming and hollering in this darkness, and the first thing I see that I could say, hey, I saw something, was this eye opens up in front of me. But it wasn't a human eye. It was a reptilian eye. And it closes. And it opens it up again, and another one off in the distance opens up. And then one closes, and the other one closes, and I'm in darkness forever and a day. And then it opens up again, and another one opens up again. And until I am, uh, compl- you know, fast forward, I'm completely surrounded by these eyes closing and opening and all this other stuff. And then I hear this voice in my head. Sean, why did you do this? And I'm thinking, at that point, I've already uh, surmised that, hey, this might be my transition over to death. Maybe this is my life review. How would this voice know that I was doing this particular event? And uh, went through this whole question-answer session for I couldn't tell you how long until the very point was um, I was a little kid in this little coal camp. Uh, when I was about four or five years old, maybe four, my late aunt had me uh, go down to the local uh, feed store to go pick up something. I think it was bread or something. And I hadn't remembered this. Couldn't tell you the last time I thought about that up until that point I got asked about it. I was walking down the railroad track to this uh, feed store, and I got asked about why did you pick up that that Coca-Cola bottle cap off the train track? Look down at the, you know, it was like I was transported back to that point. And I was a, five, a four or five-year-old kid. And I thought, what in the hell are they asking me about something I did when I was four or five years old? Why did I pick up a ball cap at the age four? So I lost it, and I said, is this what the afterlife is all about? And then I started cussing like a sailor. And then I uh, proclaimed... Dear God, if this is the end of it, please take me on. And then all of a sudden, all the eyes in the room, around me closed, except for two sets of eyes. And it was off in the distance, and those eyes were connected to this uh, reptilian creature floating in front of what I um, now think of as a, a opal about the size of a big mansion door. Uh, but it had that pearlescent coating that you would see on a car, but it was always swirling, you know, how you would move from one one vantage point to the next, and then and that pearl coat on a white car would uh, uh, change in the rainbow of a spectrum of color. That's the way that thing looked. So I got curious. I said, well, I'm dead. There ain't much that thing can do to me. <laughs> so I'll go over to that thing and uh, say, what are you looking at? And this thing acted like it was shocked that I could see it, and it moved back like it was afraid of me. So I was like, well, what are you looking at? And I looked into the uh, opal, 
and there was somebody similar to me, you know, not me, but somebody similar to me, and I could hear countless voices talking to this thing, you know, asking them similar questions to me. Why did you do this? Why did you do that? I look back at this uh, reptilian and say, why are you doing this to people? So this thing, at that time, I was not afraid of it at all, and I'm not afraid of it now. It was just one of those curious starts to uh, enormous uh, time and uh, things I could think about every day. After that, uh, well, what's transitioned me over to being in heaven is uh, I got curious about that opal. I forgot about that, the reptilian. I was like, yeah, never mind about that thing. And I started, uh, reached out, grabbed, you know, kind of put my hand on it, and then all of a sudden uh, it was like putting your hand in a warm uh, bucket of goo kind of kind of feeling. And I tried to pull my hand out of it, and it was either I fell into the opal or the opal come toward me and engulfed me. You know, I haven't really made, you know, kind of thought about it. And then it was like every sensation that every sense that I could have exploded. It was like being in the middle of uh, Times Square on Christmas Day, and you, all you could hear and and see and feel was magnified to infinity. And I remember, you know, you know, kind of being in a fetal position, and then all of a sudden it was like I got used to it, used to all of that sensation, bombardment of of intense uh, sensations, I guess for lack of a better word. And then uh, things started to become clearer, and it was like my my senses uh, exploded. I was everywhere at once and nowhere at once. And the first thing I recognized was this energy uh, in front of me, which people have asked me, what did it look like? Well, if you could see a ball of energy from every angle all at once and simultaneously and inside of it at once. That's it. But it uh, it, it was an angel that uh, accompanied me throughout the rest of the journey through that near-death experience. And people have asked me about, what was his name? What was this angel's name? And I can't really tell you what the angel's name was other than this angel uh, had a distinct feeling. like uh, you walking in or you've been in a room, so your wife walks into the room, and you can feel her presence. You know it's your wife, but you haven't visually blocked eyes with her. But you know it's her. That's that's similar to how I explained what this angel's name was. But at that point, then I usually stick the moniker of I call this name Bob, just as a you know kind of a lighthearted joke. But actually, not having to explain. Hey, you remember that angel I told you that you know had, you know, the name was appealing, kind of deal. You know, stick the name of Bob. And then I asked Bob, why am I here? What are you doing here? All this stuff. And he said, I'm here to help you remember. Not help you, not to explain to you. I'm here to help you remember. And from that point forward, I was like awestruck. Everything I could think of, imagine. I knew the answers automatically, and I wish I'd come back with that to Encyclopedia Galactica with me. But I didn't. I come back with a dumb uh, bucket of coal rocks. That's about it. But uh, let's see how much time that was. Eight minutes. That's, that's the fastest I got through. I got through that that first part uh, in a long time. But uh, you know, I spent two hours uh, telling this NDE thing, and I didn't even. Uh, actually, I've spent countless hours talking about this NDE thing, and uh, I have yet to even scrape the surface of it. But. Uh, you got any questions? I have several. So, tell me about the first time you told somebody, though. Because it had to have been an awkward conversation the first time you went through it. First time I talked to anybody uh, was the, a doctor at the bedside. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. And I can honestly tell you, for the first three months of after the uh, fact, I was in another hospital, and I was on all kinds of the heavy hitting drugs that uh, you would want out on the streets, but I was on. And I will divulge that to tell you, hey, I've experienced a whole lot. But uh, 
first uh, first time I told anybody was a doctor. I said I had this experience while I was under. And uh, he asked me what what it was. And I said I met God. And he kind of looked at me and didn't say anything. But uh, the next guy was another doctor. And uh, he said uh, he believed me, and he started praying with me. Here's the here's the here's the the weird thing. After all the uh, the going through the entire NDE thing, I wake up in a hospital about forty miles from me, with nurses praying over top of me. And I'm not on a ventilator. Apparently, I you know was transported without a ventilator, and I was just waking up from uh, being in Gaga land. But uh, the first memory I have of anything outside of the NDE is being prayed over by a couple of nurses. Now, is that weird or what? That is. Now, do you think if you would have told them that you met anybody besides God, their explanation would have been the medicine? No, no, no. The first, the first doctor, you know, kind of, you know, jotted it down. Uh, I don't know what he jotted down. I hadn't looked at the medical records or anything while I was there. And I kind of don't want to look at it because there's some. There was a whole lot of strange happened after the fact, you know, with my own family, uh, my sister in particular, and my niece. Actually, I predicted that my niece was pregnant uh, while I was in the hospital. First day I got out of the bed after being, the, you know, uh, recovery. First day they got me out of the bed, put me up. My niece and my sister came to me, and I don't know what the hell we were talking about. But uh, first thing. Uh, uh, I noticed that I can remember is out of my niece came this little glowing blue uh, young child. You know, it was sort of like it just, you know, emanated from her. And then he hops off of the uh, uh, my niece's lap, looks up at, at me, smiles, and does a little uh, sailor salute and uh, exit stage left. And uh, my sister and my niece looks at me and says, John, you all right? I said, you didn't see that? See what? A little kid just popped out of my niece right there. And they kind of looked like a nurse. There's something wrong with Sean. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at that time, my niece did not know she was pregnant. About two, maybe three weeks later, I get a text message from my sister with a sonogram of my now great-nephew. Which, quite honestly, he looks like that little boy that popped out of my niece. So, how that, you know, I don't know how that happened, but that's my story. I'm sticking to it. So, I guess I've got to ask this because this is relevant. How were you with the paranormal, spirituality, cryptid stuff before all this stuff happened? Uh, Well, with Bigfoot and... Uh, uh, Dogman was not even on my radar before all right. that stuff. Yeah, you know, before you know, uh, Bigfoot. Yeah, I knew about Bigfoot, and it was interesting. I've got some you know anecdotal stories from my childhood that uh, I kind of you know say, well, that might might have been Bigfoot, but Bigfoot related. But was it right there on the cusp of me saying, hey, I want to know everything about Bigfoot and this? I was more uh, into learning about the, the Catholic religion, but I was n- not Catholic at all. Uh, I had a mindset of, you know, I know who God is and what God is, or I thought I did. But, uh, you know, my goal during that whole thing was not even close to what I'm talking about now. Did I, did I have ghost encounters? Oh, heck yeah, sure did. You know, I had plenty of people come to me while I'm doing sleep studies or in, in a, as a respiratory therapist you know, mode of uh, uh, working saying, hey, I saw this, or uh, uh, there have been so several people over the course of my career as a respiratory therapist, as they're transitioning to death, dying, they would see unseen people and start talking to them like they, you know, they're coming to, you know, kind of take them on. And they were all happy. You know, I saw several people that was almost comatose wake up for a few, you know, a few hours and you know, were able able to converse, but they would start talking to people that weren't there, and then they transition and then pass away. At first, I thought, well, why in the heck am I seeing this? And then now I look back on it, and it was like a gift. I saw that, and uh, um, 
I, can, I, you know, I look at it as a gift, a blessing that I, I was able to spend the last few moments with somebody before they passed. But, uh, you know, my, if, if I had any kind of real uh, interest, it would be in a ghost thing and ghost hospital stuff. Uh, I saw all kinds of, uh, shadow figures, uh, while I was working in the hospital. So Actually, I, I think I tried to call into Art Bell when he was part of the Sirius uh, radio family. Uh, he had uh, strange, uh, spooky matters or something like that, and I sent in a like a two paragraph thing to outline a, an encounter with a shadow figure uh, in the ICU room. And I got a call from I think it was a California number late one night when this spooky matters was on, but I worked like twelve or fourteen hours that day, and I passed out when I got home. And uh, missed that call, unfortunately. So but, uh, I guess that's a long, short answer of that. Yeah. Well, hold on. I've got a, a loaded question, but I got a story first. So you, you're a respiratory first. But so before we get in the ghost, everybody, just give me okay forty five seconds of Sean's time because he'll get a kick out of this. Um, a couple of years ago, I went to get a sleep study done because I well, I now have a CPAP, so you know how, you know how I have sleep, right? And in order oh, yeah. to order to qualify for the CPAP, you have to have so many events within certain window of time for insurance to pay for it, right? Mm-hmm. And and I'm right at that, you know, I'm ten away in that first forty five minutes of the three hour window, right? Mm-hmm. The, the the respiratory therapist is comfortably sure she's going to be waking me up before midnight and sending me home, right? So she starts. I don't know why, but okay. Well, <laughs> she starts, She starts. you know, making all the notes and getting ready. In that next two and a half hours, I don't have any events. I was 10 short of the number, right? And then after at, okay. the, at the three and a half hour mark, I start continuing to have them, but I never have enough in the window that would qualify me. And she's like, you're the closest person I've had, but we have to come back and do it again. She's like, you have a bunch together. And then you stop for a while. And then you have a bunch together. So did you stay for the? Uh, how long did you stay there? I stayed uh, there that whole first imagine. night, the whole first night, and the whole second night. Well, uh, I would have berated my employees if they woke somebody up at three hours and said, "Okay, go home," <laughs> just because. You know, I, I, I'm like, why? Why would you want to wake somebody up after three hours and say, "Okay, we got enough, go home." I don't like. I, I was. I mean, whatever. It's, I mean, if that if that would have been that done, would have if, me off. But, but, well, I don't much. I, I'm more conflicted now that I'm telling you the story. Would I have been more ticked off after waking up three hours and been done, or having to come back for the second night? I'm not sure. Now. <laughs> you know. Well, I don't know. I, I, I can look at it as an inconvenience from a perspective of uh, sleep patients saying, "Hey, if three hours." We get enough, you get to go home, and then you spend the entire night, and then you have to come back. Yeah, I could see that from a perspective of being preloaded with the intentions or the anticipation of, hey, I've only got to do three hours of this, and I'm home. Yeah, I could see I could see your perspective, yeah. Yeah, so. But, okay, so let's let's talk about ghosts, man. We haven't done that yet, and we're running sure. out of time. Do you, are you still hearing any good ghost stories? Are you talking about me personally or other people? Yeah, well, for, well you or... Or from your show or because it's been a while since i've heard a good one recent <laughs> one i mean recent one not i mean everybody's got one that's fine yeah but recently well let's see uh okay last night uh had a caller that called in about a shadow figure that she experienced when uh it was probably about 10 years ago her now 20 some year old son uh in the first months of his life she saw this shadow figure in her house and around her house, and no matter where she moved to, it was always there. But one afternoon, or you know, sometime during the day, she walks into uh, his son or her son's uh, area where she kept a crib, and there stands this shadow figure holding her son up by the ankle and then drops him into the crib. And she said she had you know, so so many. You know, I'm kind of dumbing down and shortening the uh, the interaction with her, but she's had so many interactions with these, this shadow figure to the point. And I said, well, you pro- probably need to go talk to a priest or somebody that uh, is uh, pretty close to God and and have a in depth discussion with this person. And she said, should I go to whatever or whenever? I said, uh, 
well, do you want somebody that's out there trying to figure out, well, is this thing real, or do you want somebody that's actually going to try to help you if this actually is some sort of demonic entity or whatever that's doing this? But can you imagine walking to a room and your uh, infant son has been held up by a shadow figure that's uh, solid as a rock holding it up, and as soon as you make eyes in contact with it, he disappears and your son hits the... The crib. I, I, I'm, imagine that. I'm trying to figure out why you're not figuring that out like yesterday. Calling people and freaking out and moving and no, <laughs> I mean, because it's one thing to screw with well, me, I'm right? Call, no, I, this no, I know. I'm just, I'm just saying that, right? I, I understand it's called on your show. I'm just saying, as a parent, right? If somebody's freaking out with my kids or freaking with my kids, I mean, you could mess me up all day. But screwing with my kids is a whole different ballgame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you mess with a kid, you know, you got you, it would behoove me if I had a kid and something like that was going on. I would be all uh, way around trying to figure out, well, how do I stop this thing? Yeah, especially if it's you dropping know, my down young job. <laughs> yeah, well, now he's uh, apparently uh, 20-some years old, and he uh, has his own paranormal experiences and yada, 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 but she's still, you know, encountering these supernatural events in her life. So, you know, that's the that's the newest one I had heard, you know, other than, you know, you know, trying to voice what I have encountered in my own home. You know, that's uh, that's probably the newest one. Cuz see, I haven't had any good, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't had any good ones lately. So I don't yeah, know. Well, do you still do that paranormal investigation stuff or are you kind of laid that to the side for a little bit? It's been down for a while now. I mean, I haven't done any so, but that's probably, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, sitting in the dark for hours and then listening to it for weeks is well, time consuming. <laughs> yeah, my four or five hour investigation and you go on over every inch and a uh, second of uh, whatever recorded media you've got. Yeah, that could be mind numbing for sure. Yeah. So Trevor Thunder wants to know if we're in the midst of the, quote, official, unquote, disclosure of existence of ETs? Uh, I think uh, for whatever reason, it's a political football for the politicians saying, hey, we're going to do this to get the, you know, uh, those fringe votes, you know, kind of make it, uh, hey, I've got a little bit more voting uh, voters behind me than usual. I don't think from a standpoint of uh, politicians saying, hey, we're going to tell you that these UFOs are out there. If we have disclosure, I think it's on the uh, behalf of the uh, actual UFO occupants to disclose that to us without a doubt. But, uh, you know, what was that uh, 16-page document that Congress released from the uh, from the archives and saying, hey, this is what we know from the F- FBI point of view, which is a big nothing? They added, uh, what was it, uh, uh, what another weather balloon or a balloon falling was the net, the only confirmational uh, piece of evidence that they could come up with, other than uh, I think like a half a dozen more. We don't know what it was. Well, my so question they, is, know, kind of, we we were supposed to get Kennedy documents. Was that two years ago? And um, we still can't get them. Mm-hmm. And that that we swear up and down that was one guy, right? Acted alone. Two, oh yeah, right. That's the official oh, story. Yeah, the booze. <laughs> But but we can't get all the documents. <laughs> yeah, the babushka lady is supposedly a well-known figure now. Somebody actually knows who she is, and they've got the evidence of the, that camera that she was using. That she was like um, feet away from when Kennedy got uh, shot in the head. So I don't know where that evidence is. I don't know, and that was, it's know. funny because as we were talking about that, I see German Time Runner was ask, asking us about that. We really time yeah. we real time beat Germantown Runner on something. Mark that on the calendar. Holy cow! Well, there you Man. go. Every once in a while, <laughs> every four or five Jeff years, K that happens. <laughs> yeah, Jeff K is one of those uh, fascinating things. I jump down that rabbit hole a little bit and then you know bounce back and say, "Well, there's nothing there other than we won't know." No, whether whatever it was was a combination of. He was trying to put us back on the gold standard or he pissed off the wrong person or whatever. 
I think it's all above. That was the causal factor of him leaving the job. Yeah, being, being escorted out with a bullet. Uh, I think that's about it. Yeah, there, there's there's always more to that story that we just haven't figured out yet. And I don't know if we ever will, like you said, sadly. No, I, how long has that been? That's uh, going on 60-plus years now, something yeah. like that. Yeah, I, maybe in a century. Maybe in a century, your your kids' uh, children might might hear some sort of news story. Hey, this is why JFK got assassinated. Maybe, maybe, maybe. we can help, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but well, I believe we'll be long gone before that, and we'll already know that that answer if uh, that's what we want to know. I don't think that's uh that wasn't on my radar list of uh, when I was over there in near death experience. Who shot JFK? No, I didn't. I didn't. Didn't come to my mind at that time. Yes, and we got to <laughs> give a, a shout out to the assassination of MLK, which is going to be a topic on this show in the coming weeks. Oh, so uh, interesting. Well, yeah. that's another that's another JFK level kind of thing. It is, and I didn't realize that until I got my hands on this book, and now I'm kind of um, learning more because kind of wonder. Starting to How wonder, many books you got so far over not, the course of the last, uh, what is it, eight or nine years you've been doing this? Ten. And I'm looking at the shelf. Ten. To, I've got two and a half shelves full of books. So you do the math on that. From people oh, from different man. years. Oh, I've got two books and a coloring book in the post office that uh, somebody in my last uh, author that I interviewed just came in Saturday. So I haven't been to the post office to grab those yet i guess that doesn't count the ones i've given away either so that's probably more than that god because <laughs> you get so many your of favorite them. author to, okay here here's the here's the thing favorite author you've ever interviewed favorite author i've ever interviewed well brad melzer brad melzer i've heard of him but uh the guy from dakota on the history channel you've seen him you know him. probably sounds familiar but i, I if can't you've seen a picture of him you know him. Okay. Is that a cop out? Well, he's kind of, a, you, you've he's had probably, so many uh, cream to the cream guests on your show. Uh, I I have you know the best. You know, I've got I had a few handful of good guests on my show, but nothing to the caliber you had so far. No, but you do the live calls, and you you're enjoying that too. So there's the the paradox, right? And that's why. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've had uh, German Town Runner on my show. Well, he's uh, never been on this show. So, you know, he's hosted the show. He's never been on this show. He's never been a guest on the no, show. He's hosted the show, but he's never been a guest on the show. Figure that one out. Had Cat on my show. Let's see who else was in here. Had Brian Bowden. He called into my show. wasn't guest, but he he's a fascinating caller. Uh, yeah, I've had uh, most not not all, but I've had most of the people that's in your chat room right now on my show. Yeah, fascinating stuff. Fascinating I'm, stuff. It's a uh, it's one of those things when you chase the truth, you 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 get some interesting people in in your uh, rearview mirror, and then uh, right there in the front row of you, and you talk to them, you say, "Well, I didn't know you knew all that stuff." Yeah, and I, every Crazy. time every time I listen to your show, you're always racked with callers, so I don't feel the need to call in because you've got interesting people on the line, and so which is good. Well, here here's the here's the. Uh, uh, what I have seen. When I start one of these uh, open line call sessions, it takes about 20 minutes to maybe 40 minutes for the calls to come in. Then after that, two hours have passed, and you're like, well, do I want to keep on going? And then, the, you know, all of a sudden, as soon as I recognize, hey, two hours have passed or three hours, and I've recognized that, okay, last, I usually call it last call for I'll call, you know, <laughs> this is your time to call in. So speaking so of speaking of shut, <laughs> it's been good to talk to you, but I'm out of time. <laughs> You're out of time. I'm out of time. Uh, okay. Talk to you soon. Talk to you. Thank soon. you for listening to this episode of the Mail Report. Stay tuned for details on saving money at the Duck Pond Shop. I hope you enjoyed this report. Please subscribe so that you can join us again. And if you appreciate the show, leave us some stars or a review. For more notes from this show or other great shows, check out Mallard.com. A reminder, the views and opinions of the show are those of the host and guests and do not represent any sponsors, affiliates, or any other partners of the Mallard Report. Now for your money-saving tip. Promo code Mallard at checkout of duckpondshop.com. 
where you can get your t-shirt, coffee mug, and other great products. That's promo code Mallard at checkout.pawnshop.com. Until next week, stay safe and keep whacking. Welcome to Anthology of Heroes, the podcast that explores the most pivotal moments of history through the eyes of those who lived it. In this podcast, we don't spend our time recounting facts and dates. Instead, we follow in the footsteps of national heroes, kings, or ordinary people who lived and breathed the moments that shaped our world. We're not hemmed in by eras, borders, or religions. Instead, we seek out the tales of those who defied the odds and fought passionately for their beliefs. Whether they're right or wrong is up to you to decide. From Vercingetorix's doomed rebellion against Rome, to Osceola's unshakable war against the USA, all the way up to the inspiring Sobibor concentration camp uprising in World War II, each episode is an immersive listening experience, blending music and sound effects to really draw you into the story. Our episodes go for about 45 minutes, making them perfect for your commute, and are crafted using a wealth of historical sources which I list on our website if you want to learn more. I'm the host, Elliot Gates, and I'm thrilled to have you joining me as we uncover history's hidden gems and illuminate the faded pages of our past. Look out for the Anthology of Heroes podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from.